We all know that selling is definitely part of the business strategy. If you don't sell what you have to offer, you are not going to make any money and you're definitely not going to be able to help people with transformation. But for many of us, selling can be difficult and feel really challenging. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking to Michelle Rockwood, the author of Joyful Selling, really talking about how we can be heart-centered when it comes to selling our offers, our programs, and really getting to a better way of yes. Are you ready to take courageous steps to create a life and business you love? Welcome to the Courage Cast. I'm Andrea Crisp, an empowerment coach, author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. For years, I was afraid to allow myself to shine. That was until I discovered that I could step into my own power, shift my mindset, and take ownership of my destiny. Now I coach people across the globe who are ready to own their life and make a massive impact. With a blend of practical and spiritual advice, my desire is that the Courage Cast empowers you to take brave steps in your own life and business. Michelle, thank you for being on the Courage Cast. I'm really excited to see you, first of all, and to catch up with you and to chat with you. And also, so excited for your brand new book to be coming out, Joyful Selling. And I'm sure we're going to have an opportunity to talk all about it and how it is really revolutionizing your coaching sessions and helping coaches really sell in a way that feels aligned with them and makes a bigger impact. So I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too. It's so nice to hear your voice. You know, it was funny, like I was thinking back to when we first met and um, it was actually through another uh, individual who's been on the podcast, Rachel Weaver, and she is a um, a human design copy coach. And I know that she has worked with you before and she had put something out and I kind of followed up on it and we had an opportunity to work together. And it was so interesting because it was not really about selling. It was more about relationships, which was so fun for both of us, but it gave me an opportunity to get to know you in, in a different way than maybe some of your other clients get to know you. And so for those people who are just hearing about you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much. So my name is Michelle Rockwood and I am the author of Joyful Selling and I'm a heart-centered coach that helps life coaches sell in alignment without the sales ick. And I've been doing this for about five years and I started teaching coaches in training, which is right where you want to get them, right? Because they haven't been surrounded by all the marketing and all the sales tactics, the bro marketing and all the things I'm able to teach them a different way to sell their services. So I have had the honor of helping hundreds of coaches now sell millions in services. Um, And I also work as a high ticket closer, which we need to change the name of this, um, but which means I sell high ticket coaching programs Mm -hmm. um, for companies. So 
Yeah, that's me. And I'm so excited to share. I do have a new book coming out, Joyful Selling. And I'm really, it's been so much fun to start to share this book with my clients and others. It comes out here in just a few weeks. But yes, I'm I'm excited to dive into all things sales and manifesting and all the things that you love to talk about <laughs> on your podcast. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because as you were just mentioning the bro marketing, and I, I think to myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that have been a game changer for me when I first started? in the industry, um, this is maybe something you don't know, is when I first started, I actually invested in a coach um, that was really in the marketing space and uh, in funnels. And I learned all the bro marketing stuff. And it actually paralyzed me for a very long time. And because I, I could, wasn't getting results. And the more I did not get results, the worse I felt about myself. And this was already um, really like almost like tapping on my anxiety and depression that was underlying already. And this fear that I was not going to make it as a coach and that I had, um, you know, I'm trying all of these things. And, you know, it's only been more recently that I've been introduced to more of a, a feminine way of sales. So I think to myself now, I'm like, wow, if I had had an opportunity to have this information and have an opportunity to to sell in a way that feels aligned with my with who I am. Oh, my gosh. Like that would have been that would have been incredible. So I'd love to for you to share. What does that mean? Like to sell in a feminine way? Mm -hmm. Yes, I love, you know, what's so funny, I have to share with you, as soon as I've put in my marketing, feminine sales, mm -hmm. and that this is for women, right? Um, obviously, it works for men. And it's amazing. And everybody wants to feel this way. Mm -hmm. But Andrea, do you know how many men I have reach out when I say that this is for women? It's just too funny. <laughs> But feminine sales is, if you think about, let's just kind of compare the two here for a minute. Mm -hmm. So masculine energy, stereotypical masculine energy um, is out for the chase, right? Wants to go hunt, mm -hmm. wants to, you know, kill it and bring it home. Um, it's chasing, following up, winning, getting a yes at all costs. Feminine sales is about receiving boundaries, a win-win and really serving and supporting the client no matter what. And when you can tap into that way of being, you can really be in service and support of the client while feeling amazing every single time. Mm -hmm. And the goal of a sales call when you're bringing in a masculine energy is a yes, right? So think about how you show up to a call if your goal, if you already have an outcome. Mm -hmm. And as coaches, that's against our code, right? Our code is you're in charge. You're the one leading and I'm a guide. And my role is to help you to come to a choice, whatever that is. And so when we can bring that feminine energy, that coaching mindset onto the sales call, we can serve the heck out of our clients and feel good every single time, whether it's a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. And that feels amazing. It feels really, really amazing. I think back to what I did <laughs> in the beginning. It's like literally all these memories are like flooding back to me right now. And, you know, going through the objections and working on how to overcome objections, 
how to get a yes, almost twisting myself into, well, what do you need me to be for you to say yes? And, you know, I I remember just thinking like, this is not working. And then I would have, I just was all over the board because I would, I felt like I was flip-flopping between what I was selling and what I was doing. And, and so I think that that makes a huge difference to think, okay, like, you know, a win-win for the client and for the coach. Um, And that's really like that heart-centered part of me uh, yearned for that. And yet I was flip-flopping all over the place. What would you say to someone who was coming into the coaching industry? Like, say you were talking to me at the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, let's rewind the clock. It's so much easier when I could get you. Yes, it's so much easier. Yes. I I would say, Andrea, how we sell is how we serve. Mm. And our relationship begins at the moment we say hello. And so if there is a disconnect, if you feel yucky, if you feel icky, if anything that comes out of your mouth Mm -hmm. is not yours, is not authentic, it's not going to work for you for heart-centered coach. And the thing is, is that these bro marketer tactics, they work. They absolutely work, but they don't work for you. They don't work for me because we operate in integrity. We operate in alignment. If we hang up a call and it didn't feel good, that's not a good day for us, even if they said yes. Mm-hmm. And in a coaching relationship, what I think a lot of people don't get is that if you convince somebody to join your coaching program, you're going to be convincing them to show up to the next call, to do the work, all the things. It doesn't work that way in coaching. And so when you have allowed the person to, and supported them in making a decision to get the support they need on a sales call. You've onboarded them properly. You've held fierce boundaries during the sales call where it's a limited period of time. You're only hosting at times that feel good to you. Mm-hmm. You've started to set the stage for a successful coaching relationship. And it goes on and on. You don't enroll misaligned people. They don't impact people in your group coaching program and so on and so forth. So that relationship and your client success really begins at the moment that you say hello. When you think about the sales call being like the preemptive part of the relationship, right? And setting boundaries. Often you hear coaches say, well, you know, I want to protect my boundaries and I'm going to do what's good for me Mm. because it's good for me. Mm. And the way you said it was that when it's good for you, then it's going to be beneficial for the other person. And I've never heard it said like that. Yes. And even, even like, so if you set a boundary, I take calls at 9 and 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Because that's when I'm at my best and I'm fully present for the client. Well, if the client isn't available at 9 and 11 a.m. for a sales call and they're only available at 5, we're not going to be a good fit to work together no matter what, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm just not at my best at five. My kids are home. It's it's crazy. So ironically, when you set up the call, right, in a way that works for you, you attract the right person and you invite them to show up for themselves, right? So before a sales call, I'll send a little note and I'll say, hey, kind of here's what I expect. I expect you to show up on time, having read X, Y, and Z material and note that I don't reschedule missed calls. 
And I so look forward to seeing you. All right. So already saying, hey, I respect myself. I expect you to respect you. This is the kind of relationship we're having going forward. And they sit up in their chair and go, huh, well, this is going to be awesome. Right. And they show up ready and engaged to take that next step. Yes or no. Right. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, manipulating. A, a, I'm just showing I, I have these standards. And in sales, so often it feels out of control, like we're chasing and it never feels good to put out that chasing energy. So it's why, of course, like you never want to call somebody at a time that's right for them. You'd always want to meet in the middle, which is easy to do now with Zoom, right? We set these appointments and we meet on a Zoom call. We don't dial somebody on a Saturday and try to catch them to tell them about, right? Yeah, exactly. Which sounds crazy now, but used to be, you know, what we would do all the time. Sure, I'll try you at four, you know? Yeah, no, don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't try me. <laughs> yes, I will not pick up. <laughs> there there are very few people that I will pick up the phone for. <laughs> and generally speaking, I know if someone is calling me, it's usually for a reason. And it's a good friend. And they need to get a hold of me. Yes. So <laughs> there's, yes, there's absolutely. nothing else that I'm that I'm taking that call for. And I love how you're you're talking about really setting that early stage boundary at the beginning, honoring yourself, being in that energy for yourself. One of the things that, you know, so many coaches kind of struggle with is this, you know, feeling of wanting to be in their feminine energy, right? Like, so setting these feel good moments for themselves, almost like a manifestation, right? I want to manifest clients. And then, and I would love to know your take on this. The manifestation and then there's, you know, which people mostly feel think is feminine, which I think is just, you know, I don't know if it's feminine or masculine, it just is. And then there is the action taking, which is the masculine, so to speak. How do people operate in both in a feel good way that would be maybe neither feminine or masculine? In terms of action taking? In terms of selling and, you know, mm. really manifesting a client. So maybe they're thinking yeah. about, I would like to have this amount of clients. I would like to sell this program. Well, what we really want, ideally, is a blend of the feminine and masculine. And so often we lean too far into the masculine. And we always want a balance of both. So what does masculine have that we want, right? Bold speaks the truth says, you know, what's on their mind. Mm -hmm. And when you can step into that on a sales call and you can say, instead, you know, instead of saying, Hey, nothing's going to change a week later. How about we make a decision today or what's going to be different a week later? Right. So you, you pull out that bold and that boldness and that thing you want to say, and you speak your truth, which feels good, but you also use your coaching skills and you soften it in a way that the client is able to land with. And that feels good to you. And that takes a little bit of practice. Mm-hmm. So this is just on a sales call to begin with. Like I'm imagining someone is sitting back, their coach, they have a program that they want to offer and they're, you know, sitting around thinking about, I want to manifest three people into this program. And then Beautiful. they sit there and they're manifesting, right? Where does the manifestation process come in and where does the intentionality around action come in? Yeah, yeah. Well, manifesting is wonderful. I manifested my house. I have to tell you that story later. (laughs) And it's my dream house. 
And it's wonderful. Um, and, and for me, manifestation is you have a vision of what it is you want to bring in. Mm-hmm. And then you take bold and aligned action that feels good to you. So a feminine approach to action taking would be what are, you know, three ways in which I could bring clients into these programs, sit here for a minute, feel into which one of those ways feels aligned, and then take a step forward to do that. A lot of times we look to fill our program or we're ready to sell before we figured out which way to attract people feels good to us. We simply mm, reach out and okay. we copy. Yeah. yeah okay, we so tell copy. me more about that. Yeah. So you you skipped a step, right? You said, how do I fill my program? What feels good to you to attract people to you is the step prior. And so exploring that without even the intention of enrolling people is a really good first step. And it took me a long time. I got to it. It's my book, Right. It doesn't feel good to me to chase, to prove, to teach. And so I say, hey, here's a book. It's cheap. Read it. Read the first chapter even. If this aligns with you, if this feminine approach to sales feels good to you, awesome. And now I go crazy sharing this book with everyone. It took me a long time to figure out that that was going to be the way that felt good to me right? I first did webinars Mm -hmm. and then I did trainings and then I did, you know, individual call, like on and on and on. So what way feels good to you and really thinking outside the box, we only need, and I, I talk about this in joyful selling. When you sell a client coaching partnership, instead of single sessions or packages, Mm -hmm. typical coaches want to make between 50 and a hundred thousand dollars a year, the Mm -hmm. average coach. But instead, they're seeing and following practices on how to make a million dollars, right? So instead, when you just sell to a few people a month, you don't need to post like the Kardashians or advertise like (laughs) Coca-Cola. Yeah. Instead, you can go into a mom's group. You can host an event around mindfulness and tell people to reach out if they want to learn more about how to work with you. Instead, if you're a personal trainer, right, you can host an event in the neighborhood, show people some things, ask them to reach out to you. So you try these events or you try podcasts. Maybe you love going on podcasts. So instead of posting like a maniac, like your marketing person tells you to do, Mm -hmm. instead you find an aligned podcast once a week and reach out to them to get onto it. So that's really a feminine approach, right? To marketing is what feels good. I'm going to make it feel effortless Can I give you another example? Yeah, absolutely. I love networking. I love meeting new people. Mm -hmm. Um, These one-on-one calls with people, it was just too much. I couldn't fit it in between sales calls and all the things. Um, I had the idea from someone else to do a monthly meet and greet. Turns out this is my jam. I prepare nothing. Mm -hmm. I have no expectations. My only insistence is for people who come onto this meet and greet once a month is that they pick one person and that they commit to supporting them. Everybody loves it. They come back week after week. It grows and it grows. I have friends that are helping with podcast. I just, it's the most joyful event. And so through trial and error, through thinking, oh, these one-on-one calls don't look good. What's another way? Oh, 
I could turn what that person's doing into something a little different and make mm-hmm. my spin on it. And that's the exploration that needs to take place before we really work on developing a marketing plan. What feels good to you and that exploration, give yourself six months. You don't know what feels good to you until you do it. Don't jump into that $10,000 program on how to host webinars. You don't even know if you like webinars or running Facebook ads or any of those things. Yes. Figure out what feels good to you. You might love that, right? You might love that, but figure out what feels good to you. And when it feels good and it's in alignment, that's a feminine Mm-hmm. And masculine is coming together, that action taking with that, oh, hell yeah, I show up for a meet and greet. Hot damn, who's going to be here? Right. And it, yes. it just turns into something so wonderful. Okay. So I have a question, like a follow up to that. So say you have a thought that comes to you, you're like, I want to take action on that. And then you don't do it. So okay. what happens after that? Like you maybe you've gotten the inspiration and you're like, oh, I should do this. And, is that something you can revisit? Do you think it's still something you should be, you know, taking a look at later on? How important is the action step, like to do it immediately after you have the inspiration? So I love this question. And this is a really hard thing for coaches, for smart people. You get distracted by all the shiny objects. Mm -hmm. Every single week, every single day, we call it a red dot for the marketing program that I that I sell for. What is your red dot? What is your focus? And do not deviate. And if you need to spend a week figuring out what that focus is, it is so important that you decide if those meet and greets are your jam. Like you go all in on those. It doesn't mean those other ideas aren't important and find a way. I have a whiteboard here mm-hmm. and I list them all, right? But my red dot is circled And until I've taken the day to focus on that, I can't go to anything else. So it's so important to work smart, to work smarter, not harder, right? What does that mean? That means really thinking what of these activities is going to bring you the greatest results. And it's often not focusing on social media, right? It's often calling five mom groups and saying, can I come and speak? coming into eight rotary groups, right? And saying, can I do a mindfulness exercise for you? Whatever it is. So really think about of the five things you want to do, which one is going to yield results the fastest. Put that as your red dot. That's your focus. And until, right, you wear it out or you decide to move on, then your next red dot is your focus. So that is how I operate. And action, I love, there's... If it's a really good idea, I was telling my husband this, this is almost one of my superpowers. There's almost no in between, between idea and action for me when it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. It is happening, right? Like like immediately that meet and greet, I was like, done. It was such a no brainer. I immediately took action, made the page, had people sign up. You know, it's so funny you mentioned the meet and greet because I think you and I had a conversation about this uh, and it was a while ago. So I and then this could be from your very podcast and from the person that, you know, had the conversation with you. Mm -hmm. But I was listening to an episode in your podcast and this woman was on there talking about how she does these kind of meet and greets. Yes. And I was like, this is exactly what I need to do. 
guess what I didn't do? The meet and greet. I didn't take action. <laughs> so here's what happened. I was working with a coach at the time and I was talking about what I wanted to do. And I said, oh, I want to do this. And it was met with, hmm. And then I didn't take action. Because someone immediately was like, oh, I don't know that, you know, if that's going to work. And my intuition when I was walking and listening to your podcast and thinking, oh, I have all these people and this network and this would be a great opportunity for me, blah, blah, blah. And then I mentioned it to my coach. My coach, you know, said this. And I was like, oh, this is not the thing. Well, it turns out a friend of mine, she has started, she totally pivoted her business and she's doing this networking and she's inviting these people and they pay and they come to these you know, opportunities or whatever. And I was like, well, damn, that was my idea. And, you know, and it was almost like this is actually just came up like within the past week. And I thought about it again. And I thought, well, maybe this is for a reason. Maybe this meet and greet thing has come back up. And what she's doing is a little bit different. And then here you go and talk about it. And I'm like, okay, maybe the universe is bringing it back. And be like, okay, so you didn't listen the first time. Maybe listen the second time. <laughs> Whenever somebody thinks something comes up three times, yeah. I have to take action on it. Somebody told me in the same week, three people, including my brother, yeah. who's an entrepreneur, very successful, to write a book, I had to do it. But what you're saying and you're describing from your coach is so common and any marketing technique works. What works for you? That is your goal. That is your area of exploration. And once you find that, you'll be unstoppable. It's almost like my kids. I feel like my job as my parent, as a parent is to figure out what their little superpower is, right? What their little interest is. And when you find that, right, my kids didn't like sports until we figured out he was into soccer, right? The other one, we couldn't figure out a sport. He's not very coordinated. (laughs) And we figured out he was into climbing, Yeah. right? And now he comes in bragging about a six pack, right? Like he's like, (laughs) look at my arms. Yeah, feel my muscles. And so it's the same with coaching, right? You don't know what you don't know, you, there is something for everyone. An, a nice way to figure this out, Andrea, when I work with clients is um, my one of my mentors, uh, Laura, at Body Mind Coaching, she would always ask this question, what's the most ordinary thing about you? And I actually lead the meet and greets this way. And from that, you can often tell where their clients will come from. Someone said they knit. And they love to knit. That's a very ordinary thing about them. And I know if I speak to her further, there's knitting groups. Knitting is a really big online thing, right? Like, hmm, could you have a knitting circle where you talk about manifestation or coaching or breathing techniques, right? So how do we infuse into what we're doing every single day and make it not feel like work? That meet and greet, I don't prepare at all. I look like crap. Right. I just, I, you know, I took a bio break at the beginning of it last time. Right. I'm not, uh, I'm not on, I hate being on or presenting. I also love when other people feel served. I don't want to ask people for something until I've given. 
And so in that meet and greet, it allows me to naturally work within my human design, right? And serve people before I receive. And I always make sure everyone's served. That's beautiful. And, and it, just a great reminder that before we try and sell something to someone, that really understanding the service part of it and how they're kind of getting to know us and being in our world and similarly. And I always find that the people who I end up having the best results with as a client coach relationship are people who I, they found me through something and they have established trust with me versus somebody who just kind of came and, you know, oh, I saw this and I came and I'm like, and then we just never really established that that connection with each other. But I never thought of it that way as, you know, there's something in the middle part of it. So that that that's amazing. Now, think about, yeah, go ahead. Think about how you feel after serving that fully aligned client. You are flying high. You're telling everyone about it. You're posting testimonials. I can't tell you, I have Voxer. And as a bonus for my programs, if you enroll and during a certain period, I'll give you Voxer support, even for the self-study. The the people who found me like you're describing, right? Who I attracted just the right way. I will Vox them all day long, right? Oh my gosh, I can't wait to do it. And it just feels so good. I want to tell everyone about it. Mm -hmm. So enrolling, convincing, using that masculine energy to get people in your clients, there's a snowball. And now you feel crappy at the end. They don't get the results. You question, am I a good coach? And you go out of business, right? So it's like, you're so screwed if you don't sell in integrity and alignment in a way that feels good to you. And it takes just a little bit of learning. Yeah. Now, I would love to talk a little bit about money. If that's okay. Oh, my favorite topic. I love money. Money loves me. Me too. Um, what would you suggest to to your clients and to anybody who is really selling a program that maybe is ha- is struggling with the idea of making an impact? Sorry, the idea of making an impact and an income and calling in abundance into their lives. I've had the pleasure of leading some really amazing sales teams. And we need to all, myself included, and myself especially, mm-hmm. do the inner work of sales and really get right with money. And we don't need to spend weeks or anything, but we really need to understand our own money story so that we can set it aside. Now, when we come to coaching, we work to not bring our own biases to the conversation. And when you come to a sales call, we work to not bring our own biases to the conversation. So how I spend money, um, I put every single thing for the entire month, all the bills on one credit card. At the end of the month, I pay it off. I came from a family. This is just my money story. And as you're listening to mine, think about what's yours um, to the listeners, right? I came from a family who they were, I call them the richest poor people I ever met. Mm -hmm. They could afford anything. Nothing stopped them come hell or high water. Nothing was off limits. They did not, they could not afford anything, right? (laughs) Um, But in their mind, right, they could afford anything. And I came up with that mindset. Now, my spouse 
had a different mindset, not worse, just different. And that was we save up to pay for things we desire. We have a nest egg and we keep money in the bank, right? Um, We live well underneath our means. Neither are bad. They're just different. And those are our money stories. And understanding your money story is really important so that you can set it aside on a sales conversation and let that person have their own experience. I also really like to help coaches um, start to think about how they talk to money because so often we blame money for our problems, for our lack of happiness, for our inability to X, Y, Z. But instead, money is keeping the lights on, the computer on in front of us, the gas in our car. And so when we can shift, and I have a chapter in my book with these exact exercises that you can go through, and it won't take long. When you can just, one fun exercise you could do is when you shift how you talk to money and you notice every time you blame money throughout the day, you just put a little check in the notes section of your phone. And you'll notice that you've checked 10 or 15 times. Somebody asked you to do a movie and you said, oh, I can't afford that. You thought about going to Starbucks and you said, ah, I need to, need to save a buck or two, right? Your spouse asked you to go on a trip and you said, do we have the money for that? But the truth is you didn't really want Starbucks that bad. The truth is you didn't really want to go to the movie, right? Mm-hmm. You figure out and you do what you can afford. So instead, if you just have this little talk with yourself and say, I choose not to have Starbucks today. I choose not to go to the movie today. I actually don't want to go to Cancun. I'd rather drive to Vegas and start to just think differently. And that's actually speaking the truth. Yeah. Right. So it's like, do you remember the movie Liar Liar? Yeah. Remember Jim, Jim Carrey? Carrey? He would, yes, um, like we're aging ourselves here, yeah. but he would go through life and just suddenly speak the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you stop blaming money and it feels amazing. And so when you can stop doing that for yourself in the day-to-day and you'll be fat, you'll be surprised at how quickly you'll notice yourself doing this and how fast you'll turn it around. That when your client says, I don't know if I can afford this, you'll, instead of going, oh, I know you have all those bills to pay, da-da-da-da-da, you go, tell me more. What feels good about this program and what feels a little bit tricky? And you'll come to the conclusion, right, that has nothing to do with money, they're not sure if they have the time. Awesome. Let's talk about the time and what time commitment this takes. And da, 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 da. right now you're having a real conversation mm-hmm. and it's actually very rarely about the money. Okay. That's that was great. a long-winded, long-winded explanation. <laughs> no, but it, it, it does make sense, right? Because I think that if, if we don't have a handle on our own money stories and it's really hard for us to take a separation between what that person is, you know, going through and what we're feeling. And oftentimes too, a coach, if a person is not wanting to sign or take advantage of the opportunity, then they immediately take it personally and think, oh, I'm going to be broke for the rest of my life. And then they jump back into their own money story. Whereas a lot of this has nothing to do with them. It, it really is about the other person and just holding space for that person to be able to process through. How much of that do you suggest they process through on a sales call versus not doing that, creating a boundary there? Um, 
So help me understand the question. How much do they process as far yeah, as their so own say, money story or the client's money story? Say they say there there is a a person on there and they have their own money story and they're you know they're coming up with some objections. How much do you suggest people actually walk them through that process on a sales call versus actually doing quite a bit? Okay. Yes. No, I think quite a bit. Um, And the thing is, is when you don't believe their money story, Mm -hmm. you serve them because they've been lying to themselves. Right. So if you say if they say I can't afford it and you believe what they're saying, right, they're blaming money. They're actually saying, I'm not that interested. I have questions. It's like a child. My child often says to me, mama, I hate you. I hate you. Does he hate me? No, he's saying, right? If I could put a translator on him, I love you so much. I need a hug. I feel insecure. So if I respond to the child going, don't say you hate me. Go on time out. I hate you too. It's ridiculous. But instead, I know my translator and I say, oh, baby, come here. You need a hug. I love you so much. That's my response to I hate you. And so when somebody says I can't afford it, you are the translator. This becomes your superpower. And I teach you this all in Joyful Selling. You can do this. You'll have a superpower where, oh, what they're actually saying, I'm unsure about this. I'm not sure if this would work for me. I have questions. So instead of responding to their diversion, yeah, you cut through and you ask the real question. And yes, our money story, we get into a little, we don't want to coach a client on a call. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really important is you don't want to coach a client around the problem they're having. You want to coach them around the choice to get support around that problem. And that's actually the fastest way to lose a sale is to start giving somebody advice, tips. Let's go deeper on that. So I don't want you to do that with the money story, but we are going to be able to have really open conversations Mm -hmm. about money, investment, spouse, those kinds of things, because we're going to have done the work ourselves and feel really good. Okay. Yeah. So your question, I guess, was how much do you coach them around money? Mm -hmm. The answer is, I mean, you're coaching them around the the decision to make a choice, not on their money mindset or anything specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And by, and, and by you, having the skills and having done the inner work, you're able to cut through their BS. And that in itself is going to be refreshing to them. You're not feeding the beast. Yes. Yes. And then if they get to make the decision, if that's a step they, they want to take. Yeah. It's clear. Yes. What the choice is. Yes. And they're not blaming anyone else. And so when you take away money. And you could literally say, let's take money out of the conversation for a moment. Is Mm -hmm. this a yes for you? Great. You know, and they'll say, well, I'm not sure about time or will this get me the results or I've done X, Y, and Z before. Awesome. Now you can have a true authentic conversation versus this BS conversation about how they can't afford it. Right. And really then presenting the solution to them of what you offer as a coach. Yes, absolutely. Which in 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 most respects anyways is to be self-led and for them to be able to, you know, learn how to trust themselves to be able to do things and 
you know, source, source information for themselves and source the solution for themselves. And you're guiding them to that. So that's amazing. So when does the book come out? The book comes out March 7th and it will be Very available exciting. on Amazon. Yes, yes. It's called Joyful Selling, A Better Way to Yes for Heart-Centered Coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and my podcast is by the same name, Joyful Selling. So you can get some good stuff there. Um, but the book, Andrea, I can't tell you enough what great feedback I've gotten so far. And people are like, how are you surprised? I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't anticipate. Um, To give you an example, a gal got on a call with me, a complete stranger, Mm -hmm. um, tears, held up two pages of notes and was like, I'm the girl in the story. And I thought there was a camera on me. I was like, is this true? Is this like, what is happening? And she said, did you write this book for me? She's a coach. Did you write this was, it's as if you wrote it for me. And I was like, honey, I wrote it for you. You're the one I wrote it for. Because bro, we don't need to sell like a man. We don't need to make seven calls to get a yes. We don't need to feel slimy or icky or lie in bed like I used to trying to turn a maybe into a yes. There's a better way to guess that feels amazing and brings us incredible income and incredible results for our clients. So yes, March 7th, it is out on Amazon. You can get it at michellerockwood.com as well. Very exciting. Well, thank you for being on the Courage Cast today. I will put all of your links in the show notes so that people can connect with you. And I know that you're on LinkedIn, so that's where you can find Michelle is over on LinkedIn. That's where she kind of hangs out. But also I will put all of her links in the show notes and as well as a an Amazon link so that you can grab her book as well. So thank you, Michelle, for being here. Thank you so much. Hope you have a great day.